2: And Welcome to the Nutrition Diva Podcast. I'm your host, Monica Reinagel, And this week, we're talking about homogenized milk. How does the homogenization process affect the health properties or the nutritional properties of milk? Is it better for you? Worse for you? We're going to get to the bottom of the glass. Most commercial cow's milk, including most organic milk, goes through a few stages of processing before it reaches the store shelf. It's usually pasteurized in order to kill any pathogenic bacteria that it may contain. And you can read more about the pros and cons of unpasteurized or raw milk in my two-part series on that. I'll put links in the show notes. Most commercially sold milk is also fortified with vitamins A and D, and this is in an effort to ensure adequate intake of these nutrients in the general population. And commercial milk is also usually homogenized. This is a mechanical process that breaks the fat globules into smaller droplets so that they stay suspended in the milk rather than separating out and floating to the top of the jug. Before milk is homogenized, some of that fat may be skimmed off to reduce the amount of fat in the end product. Homogenization was invented around the turn of the 20th century, and it quickly became the industry standard because people preferred the convenience of milk that didn't have to be vigorously shaken to distribute the fat every time you wanted to use it. These days, of course, we tend to see food processing as something that reduces the nutritive value of foods, whether or not that is true. And some have suggested that homogenization might have a negative impact on how milk affects your body. In fact, it's getting more common to find milk that's pasteurized but not homogenized. Sometimes it's labeled cream line. So let's take a closer look at whether or not unhomogenized milk might be a better choice. When you homogenize milk, you not only change the size of the fat globules, you also rearrange the fat and the protein molecules a little bit, and that could alter how they act in the human body. Back in the 1970s, Kurt Oster proposed a hypothesis that homogenized milk might increase your risk of heart disease. Specifically, he theorized that xanthine oxidase, that's a compound that's created when milk is homogenized, might be absorbed intact into the bloodstream from the digestive tract, and that it could then deplete other protective compounds in the blood, called plasmalogans, and result in the formation of plaques and heart disease. Researchers spent the next decade or so testing various aspects of Dr. Oster's rather ornate hypothesis, and ultimately, research failed to validate any part of it, Xanthine oxidase does not appear to be absorbed into the bloodstream from the digestive tract. Drinking homogenized milk does not increase blood levels of xanthine oxidase, nor does this compound appear to have any effect on plasma-logan levels. Now, more recently, some research has suggested that the smaller fat globules in homogenized milk might be more likely to raise LDL, or bad, cholesterol levels compared with the larger fat globules that you'd get from unhomogenized milk, cream, or hard cheese. However, the consumption of dairy fat in any form is not linked with an increase in heart disease. Indeed, several studies have shown a slight inverse association with greater dairy consumption linked to slightly lower risk of heart disease.
1: Escape to Ocean City, Maryland.
2: Purveyors of non-homogenized milk often claim that it's more digestible, but in fact, studies suggest the exact opposite. Homogenization increases the digestibility of milk, particularly in people with diseases that impair their ability to digest fats. Because the protein and the fats are broken down into smaller particles, there's more surface area for digestive enzymes to work on, and this leads to more efficient digestion. Now, if you're lactose intolerant or you're allergic to milk, homogenization isn't going to make milk any more or less tolerable for you. Nonetheless, some people who are neither allergic nor lactose intolerant still feel that they tolerate unhomogenized milk better than homogenized. However, when researchers did double-blind tests, they found that the subjects were just as likely to report symptoms with unhomogenized milk as with homogenized milk, suggesting that the perceived difference is mostly due to placebo effect. I've also seen some claims that your body is less able to absorb calcium or vitamin D if it's coming from homogenized milk. I've been unable to find a single study, paper, or reference to support the idea that homogenization has a negative impact on either your vitamin D or your calcium status. To the contrary, I found evidence that consuming homogenized milk that's been fortified with vitamin D leads, as you might expect, to improved vitamin D and calcium status. And in fact, homogenized milk is more likely to be fortified with vitamin D, and that obviously makes it a better source of that particular nutrient. That said, as I've discussed in many previous episodes, although cow's milk is a good source of absorbable calcium and vitamin D, it is certainly not the only source for either of those nutrients, and nor is dairy essential to a healthy diet. Finally, I just want to be sure that we're not confusing homogenization with pasteurization because the two have nothing to do with one another. Pasteurization has to do with killing bacteria. Homogenization has to do with emulsifying fat. And milk can be either, neither, or both. And organic certification is also completely unrelated to whether the milk is homogenized or pasteurized. So here's the bottom line on homogenization. If you like the idea of eating closer to nature, unhomogenized milk is definitely less processed. You may also enjoy the flavor or the texture, or perhaps just the nostalgia of milk where the cream floats to the top. If, on the other hand, you prefer the flavor, the texture, or just the convenience of homogenized milk, I can't see any danger in choosing that instead. You'll find a transcript of today's show, along with links to all of the research that I consulted on our website at quickanddirtytips.com. If you have an idea for a future Nutrition Diva episode, send me an email at nutrition at quickanddirtytips.com, or you can call the Nutrition Diva listener line and leave me a voicemail. It's 443-961-6206. I always love to hear your voice. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to check out all the other terrific podcasts in the Quick and Dirty Tips network. You'll find them all on our website at quickanddirtytips.com. And you might also enjoy my other podcast with Brock Armstrong. It's called the Change Academy podcast. And we talk nutrition, fitness, but mostly we talk about creating sustainable behavior change. You'll find the Change Academy podcast wherever you listen. Our show is written and researched by me, Monica Reinagle. It's edited by Beata Santora. My producer is Nathan Sams, And our team at Macmillan Audio also includes Michelle Margulis, Emily Miller, our intern, Claire Freeman, and our director, Kathy Doyle. Thanks so much for listening, and remember to eat something good for me.